Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here from the Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you by Dallas Point. We're going for the uh, long fin lager today. Another uh, nice drinkable beer on a hot day. I'm getting ready for the weekend. Hope you're all doing good. Thanks for uh, joining us already. Um, some good fishing going on here locally. I just saw a post from a, a guy locally posted a... Uh, what was it? it looked like it was a good 50 to 60 pound white sea bass caught um out off la jolla so um if you uh want to get out this weekend i'm actually gonna be fishing tomorrow and then uh monday going offshore uh there's been some bluefin tuna around as well um i don't know if you guys saw you know we were talking about the gentleman that lost his life uh, we talked about it a little bit um in texas it did turn out that uh, he wasn't wearing a PFD and he didn't have lights on his boat and he was out at night. Now, you know, it's still a terrible thing, but, you know, I mentioned it before, you know, let's look out for ourselves, you know, take those precautions, please, you know, always wear that PFD and have that light on your boat. If you're out there in low light conditions, we have a lot of fog here uh, in the morning. So, you know, make sure you're visible. We, we you know, it's, it's just a terrible thing. We hate to hear about anybody um, getting hurt. So uh, we got a good show here today, uh, but of course we want to make sure that you, you know, bring our questions and comments and shares and all that, that really, you know, helps for us have a, a better show and also makes the sponsors much happier um, if, if they um, get a lot of engagement and a lot of shares and all that. So, you know, bring on the questions, bring on the questions. So, um, Today, I've got, a, you know, an, an old friend of mine. Uh, he's been a kayak angler for a very, very long time. Um, you guys all know that uh, how much fun I've been having, and I'll pop this up here. Uh, I've been having so much fun on this blue sky with my jet engines on it. That is my torpedoed blue sky, blue torpedo thing. I mean, that thing is so much fun. So, I know you guys have uh, seen me playing with that thing. And my buddy Jeff, who's been a kayak fisherman again for a really long time, uh, got involved with torpedo some years ago and now is like, I think he's in charge of the whole company now is all I see him doing all the time. So with no further ado, let's bring Jeff Little up onto the screen. Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing good. Hey, I, I've got a, I got about half of your screen being taken up by your keyboard. All right. Uh, so there you go. That's better. <laughs> how you doing, man? You're out in like Tennessee or something right now. Uh, I left Tennessee this morning. I was at Jackson Kayak um, this morning doing, well, yesterday I was working with the, the team down there on, on some things that hopefully we can show at ICAST this year. And uh, drove up uh, about, I think, eight hours up to uh, Farmville, Virginia. We got a demo day in uh, at Appomattox River Company tomorrow. So I'm, I'm setting up the... Uh, the Torquedo tent and let people take it for a spin. Oh, really? What kind of kayaks are you going to have it on? 
Uh, I got this. I got one rigged up on a uh, bona fide SS 127. Oh, very cool. Very cool. It's amazing how far these uh, torpedoes have come. I mean, I I got some torpedoes, the, the ones that are actually on my blue sky, quite a few years ago. Um, probably five years ago around then. Um, and they just keep getting better and better, you know, from, from everything I've seen. And the acceptance has has come a long way. Yeah, the the I would say the the market wasn't really right for this to grow five years ago. Um, they've been, you know, in its in its current state, not including the mount, but the, the motor itself um, it actually hasn't changed that much in nine years. Um, you know, the, the power and torque and everything that we had uh, when we when they came out with that um, nine years ago is, is the same as what we have today uh, with the ultralight. Uh, but what's changed is is the mounting, uh, and that that just makes it more useful for for a lot of different reasons uh, for stowing the the uh, the unit during transport, removing it quickly, having better trim. So yeah, you know, I like I said, I, I had them. Uh, like I said the the motors I have there, um, and I had put them on a, a Kraken. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I you know I just wasn't thrilled with the mounting setup, right? And now I've seen what you guys have out and the stuff we showed. Uh, we had um, the guys uh, Daniel from uh, Primal was yep. on here, and I know there's some other guys that are really doing some innovative stuff <laughs> to make these a very very clean setup. Yeah. So when I started working for Torquedo, a um, little over, it's been more than a year and a half ago. Um, <clears throat> We had been working with with the Ack Attack to develop them out, and that that development ended. I think there was mostly just a a culture clash between American product development and German product development, and we made the decision. All right, let's let's start fresh. And uh, and I, you know, I I started working with the German engineers at that point, and had uh, several different trips to Germany and their their product development is is interesting it's it's totally different than than anything that i had done working with um product development with wilderness systems or kokatat or or any other company where you just you brainstorm and you spitball ideas and you try things and you prototype and you learn from what's what's good and bad about the prototype they're they're a much more regimented uh you know, pathway to, to develop a product. And they set all the functions first uh, as to what it's going to do. And one of the ones I knew early on that we weren't going to be able to do is to have the <clears throat> Torquedo mount here and the power pole sit right on top of it. Um, and that's where I started working with with Daniel. At then it was was Easy Mount, but then it became Primal, and then right. uh, Trey at, at Innovative Sportsman, so that they could have um, aftermarket mounts to to satisfy that need. If somebody wanted, you know, power pole and torpedo in the same spot. That being said, um, I just watched. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Butcher had a, a video up this afternoon. His setting his up and he has, you know, he has torpedo, power pole, power pole. And, you know, there are other ways to get, to get that sort of set up on there. 
Uh, you, you give it to kayak fishermen, man. They, they, uh, yeah. uh, they, they've always been innovative. Let's say hello to a couple people who are watching. Uh, hey, Dave, thanks for joining us every week. Ulf, my good friend, cheers to you. Ulf is in Sweden. Um, John, how you doing, brother? Uh, Scott, I'm glad you were to, able to join us this week as well. Um, Dave, KAAO Panfish Tournament on Saturday. Cool. I, you know, I'm just not a tournament guy, but you know what I, I always like about tournaments? I like the gathering. The the tournament fishing doesn't is never appealed to me, but I love the gatherings afterwards or before oh, yeah. and just sharing information and telling stories and all that. Hey Serge, how you doing? How's things up in Ottawa? Is uh, is it finally getting to be summer up there? Um Felipe from Mexico, how are you? uh diana thanks for joining us um i think diana won uh, a prize from us last week um and uh gary did you see the big white sea bass around the way i believe was hooked up on a kayak yeah well like i said i did, i saw a post from a, a earlier today of a probably 60 pound white sea bass that was caught in la jolla today um that's kind of our hellos, but I'll, I'll throw out our first question. Uh, Dave, what is the battery size required for these for duration? So <clears throat> with the ultralight, there's two different battery options. Uh, there's a th uh, 320 watt hour battery, and then there's a 915 watt hour battery, which is gonna give you a, basically tripling the range. Um, to give you an idea what the 915 watt hour battery does, um, and, and they are proprietary. It's not like you can get a Torquedo and then go out and buy, you know, uh, 12 or, or 24, 36 or 48 volt batteries yourself and, and do it. You, you know, it, it comes with the complete. Yeah. The, the Torquedo of, is a system. It, it, it's the whole package. Right. But that 915 actually was a, a product that, um, that came to, the travel motor, which is the three horsepower equivalent Torquedo motor. And, and Torquedo makes motors from one horsepower to the three, uh, which is the travel motor, which we have, I think over 70,000 of those in the field worldwide. So we sell a lot of travel motors. Um, to five and eight horsepower, there's a 20, and then you get into the deep blue systems, which use BMW car batteries and they're 40, 80, and there's there's a hundred kilowatt motor that was that we won an award at the Miami Boat Show this year. Um, if you do the math, that's about 130 uh, horsepower motor. Uh, so with commercial applications, with any of these, it it comes down to how how hard are you pushing? You know, how much um, wattage are you asking to come out of there? Um, I'll give you a practical application that'll make sense to, to most kayak anglers. Uh, the longest day that I've had with, um, <clears throat> with my Torquedo Ultralight 915 watt hour battery, um, I was trolling for striped bass in Maryland's upper Chesapeake Bay and I covered 25.3 miles. And at the end of that, I had 5% of the, the battery remaining. Um, some of that, some of that day, I was using it at full speed, you know, five and a half mile an hour, because uh, I see birds dropping, and I'm like, I got to get on them now, right. and and that got me there quick. Some of it I was not using at all. I'd found the fish, and I was I was 
you know, drifting with the tide and, and jigging on them. Uh, and some of it, I was trolling it, you know, 3.2 miles per hour or, or whatever speed, you know, I was catching them on that day. So it's a mixed, it's sort of a mixed um, energy, you know, peak out, you know, output that you use when you fish. No one ever uses it at 400 watts, you know, all at once. If you were to do that, the math and it, and it depends on which which uh, which kayak it's on, but you know they range between eleven point four miles of of range at, at full speed, and I think some of the boats that I've seen that have more efficient hulls are getting uh, I think twelve point three miles of range at full speed. So yeah, I, I, think, I think what people really need to understand it, it, with these trolling motors um, or motors. Uh, is there is that, like I said, is that diminishing returns? You can, well, for instance, my example, I always tell people is, is uh, when, I, when I did have it on my Kraken, I went out with my buddy. I put that thing in the water first thing, and I trolled all day. Um, you know, a full day of fishing anyway. It was probably six, seven hours. And, you know, but very slow speed, live bait trolling. And... At the end of that, I had 50% of my battery left. Right. And so I told my buddy who didn't have a motor, I go, hey, hold on. I'll tow you in that. And we were like a mile yep. out. And at full speed, I burned up that 50% of that battery yep. uh, in, with the towing the two of them. So at, at normal cruising speed, these things really, you get a lot of distance, a lot of hours on them. But you, you put that thing full board, you're just sucking down the gas. I use a lot of, um, I'm frequently, if I'm bass fishing, you know, if on the, on the river or even largemouth fishing, um, you know, just tracing the contour of a, of a bank, chucking a spinnerbait, a crankbait up there. I move a lot at 0 0.8 miles per hour and I, and you steer with your feet and you're just constantly casting hands free. Um, round that up to say one mile an hour most of the boats have a range of uh between 91 and over 100 miles of range with at, at one mile an hour so it's it's a stupid amount of range with low speeds uh somewhere in the middle you know you, you have nice cruising speeds where you you could do like what i did and you know covered 25 miles in a day so right Let's jump in a couple here. We have uh, Alex from Pickering, Ontario. How you doing, Alex? Uh, Mark Berenger, I need one of these for my live water starts. Have you seen right. anybody? I, I, I got to jump in on that. I've tested that boat, and I actually put the Torquedo travel motor on there. Um, Mark, if you were to set that up, that's going to be the fastest thing. That, that is the fastest thing I've ever tested. Uh, it's a unique uh catamaran style hull comes down and comes all the way back up and it's you know that that channel in the middle i don't know whether it just feeds it clean water or just the design of that particular stand-up paddleboard uh it, it just eats up the water without making much wake in in its scoots i was getting 6.8 miles per hour with the travel motor on that on that particular uh the, the l4 expedition i got a camo one and it is a beautiful boat and those things are uh, cool those are really really cool boats yeah they're fun for sure we got uh weston Grote saying hi uh robert brown is checking in from our youtube channel how you doing robert um 
Alex, I have the Helix MD motor drive on a Wilderness System Attack 120. Obviously, the mounting is very clean. The only disappointing thing is the system that writes the propeller that broke in the first month of use. Yep. I, it, what he's talking about is that, you know, in order to bring it up through the hull, there's a, there's a, you know, where you have to bring the motor up similar to the, the Hobie Evolve. Okay. Uh, the Hobie Evolve has, has a little uh, metal plate that shoves down there that lines up the propeller uh, in the way that Wilderness Systems did it. And I was part of that development when I was pro staffing for them is basically a plunger thing that you pull up that, it's almost like an ax handle that, that hits the, the blade and lines it up. And uh, yeah, it is a, is a pro problematic design uh, with that one. Um, and, you know, it's still a good, a good motor, uh, but I've, I know I have an attack 120 and I have the, the ultralight on the back. Um, I've been working with Wilderness Systems. They made a, uh, a foot control steering kit specifically for, um, for the Torquedo. Um, they have the, the throttle mount for the Torquedo and they're working on a stern plate for, for all their boats, you know, to, to get that new, the new mount, the four bolt pattern on there. So they've been well, good to it, work with. Like so many of the, um, the boats now are making the back end so they will accommodate that power pole. And then like uh, the primals mount, you know, it works with those same holes. Right. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that your guys new mount does too, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. Yep. So, yeah. And, and I'm going to bring up your guys' webpage in a couple minutes here, and we'll kind of go over the different motors, and uh, and you can, can kind of show the, the cool stuff that you guys have got. But we'll stay, say hi to a couple more people. Scott from Wisconsin, how you doing? Nikita, how are you? Jeremy, joining us all the time. Thanks, man. Um, Joshua Evans. So good to see Jeff on here, the wizard of the Susky right there. What, what is that? Hey, man. That uh, it's just my home home water, the Susquehanna River, all the beautiful smallmouth up on that mile-wide river that, uh, that you know, is is a huge drainage. I think it's, it's the East Coast's biggest river, uh, biggest watershed is the Susquehanna River. It's, it starts off the uh, – it flows in right at the top of the Chesapeake Bay. It really sort of is an extension of the Chesapeake. Um, the river channel that comes off it is, you know, that's the main, you know, the main tributary for the, the Chesapeake Bay. So, um, Greg, uh, what's the weight on the battery? These things are light. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like putting the old deep cycle car battery. These things are light. I'd actually have to look at it in the catalog. Um, to, to tell you, but it's, you know, like nine pounds, something like that. Yeah. If that, I mean, well, and that's, that's or at least my old the, ones. Yeah. The big one. Uh, so when the, when they went from the 320 to the 915 watt hour battery, uh, it's the same size box. They just, you know, the way that, um, that lithium cells, the technology gets better every year and where For the, sure. the, the lithium cells a couple of years ago were the size of a, a shotgun shell. Uh, now they're the size of like a triple A AAA battery and you can just fit more inside the same space. And that's what they did. So yeah, the battery technology has come such a long way. Uh, Dave Fowler has a question. Do you see a system like the iPilot being integrated into the system? 
I wish. Uh, I, I worked with ProNav to investigate, and, and we actually, you know, showed some of that at, at ICAST last year. Unfortunately, that development has uh, has fizzled. Um, you know, it's not it's not totally dead, but it's it's uh, certainly gone cold uh, in terms of something that can uh, do like spot lock or, or run a route or something like that. All right. Good to know. Scott, can you get spare batteries for fishing remote locations? You can. And I used to carry um, two of the 320 watt hour batteries. Um, the other option in, in um, actually Matt Trucks and I were out on Assateague Island a couple years back and he was he was camping and he used the, the solar charger. Uh, it's it's a slow charge, and, and honestly, the better option is to have a second battery. But he did leave one battery on the uh, picnic table in camp. You know, when when we went fishing and we came back, and he, you know, gained I don't know forty couple percent in in a day. So it kind of takes two days to to recharge it with solar. Uh, it's better if you it charges fast. You know, if you can plug it in. Um, but the nine fifteen, I just I really, you know. There, there are guys that do two-day tournaments on one battery, and and it's hard to kill one in a day. And you know, the the day that, like I said, the day that I had twenty over twenty-five miles on on one battery, um, I mean, that was tide and wind and everything else. So it's it's kind of hard to to exhaust a nine fifteen. I, I have yet to do it. So yeah, it's. I said if you if you just go at normal cruising speed. Even with the older, smaller batteries that I have, right? I mean, you can go all day. It, it, it's amazing, and like I said they're so light. But there are yes, to answer the question, you can get a spare battery. They they are. I saw them on the website. You can buy backup batteries. Uh, we got a, a very long question here from John. Let's see if that whole thing comes up here. There's a certain someone that shall remain nameless that has bashed torpedo, saying the motor is too small and is a toy motor. Can you explain the motor and gearbox setup that Torquedo uses? I understand I understand it, but it might be a good information for fo folks that go by the bigger is better mantra. And yeah, explain, you know, what is different? What's the difference between a Minkota mo motor versus, or uh, a Minkota trolling motor versus a <coughs> Torquedo motor? Uh, what's What were we looking at that makes these, differentiates the Torquedo? So when they, let me just talk about electric motors in general. You know, the basic design is that you have, let me see if I use my hand as a, you have your copper coils and, and inside the copper coil, you put the magnet and the magnet, inter, you know, interacts with that when you apply electricity and it spins there. When they came up with these, uh, these motors, they said, let's invert that relationship instead of the magnet going in between we're going to put a bell housing around the outside so you have lots of magnets around it. So that is a magnification of, of torque by having more magnets. Now, the magnets that you have in, in a Torquedo are not the same as the ferrite magnets you'd see in a, a Minn Kota trolling motor. Um, they're rare earth magnets, which are very expensive, uh, but they're also six times more powerful per weight. Again, another magnification of torque. Uh, and that comes into play with doing things like, Jim, what you did, towing your buddy in. You doubled, you know, you, you probably doubled your weight in, in taking your buddy in 
a you know mile how much how much did your uh speed suffer um not terribly because it, of all that torque it's able to push a lot of weight uh with with all that torque now that torque is expressed in uh in a, a propeller blade that you know most propeller blades are offset just a little bit um the torquedo propeller blades are really aggressive in their pitch. So each time it turns, it's just taking big chunks of water. It's taking big bites each turn. It's actually a low RPM motor. So it's not spinning as fast as, as a trolling motor, even a gas motor. But with each turn, it's taking a lot more water and putting it behind it. So that's, that's really what differentiates it as, as a different motor than say even you know even in the prop design compared to a gas motor but but certainly it's different than a um than a trolling motor the other part is that it's a, a um, digital brushless motor now the brushless comes into effect in terms of uh its longevity how how um how long these things last uh jim you've got some that are several years old and they're gonna they're going at this they're pushing whatever boat that you put them on at the same speed being five years old as they do when they were brand new five years ago, which is unlike a, you know, a trolling motor that because it has brushes, which are basically electrical contact points inside the motor that wear out those brushes and the, the contact points, it loses its power over time. Um, I've not experienced it myself, but I've talked to enough folks, um, that, that started with a Minn Kota on a kayak and then switched and upgraded to the Torquedo. And, and that's, you know, you, you hear things like, yeah, when I started out I with the Minn Kota or, or whatever, you know, water snake, whatever it is, I was getting four point whatever. A year later, it was down to 3.7 as the top speed, so I replaced the battery. And that really only brought me back up to about 3.9. And then a year later, it was only doing 2.8. And that's just the brushes wearing out. Um, yeah, I saw. I actually saw a guy did a video about that, and uh, recently, and kind of describing how that whole worked, and uh, right. it, it was it was quite interesting. Um, and you know, I learned a lot. Um, Steve, the other, uh, the other I'm going to jump into one other difference though, um, and it it comes to the um, there's a GPS unit in the battery which is kind of cool to know your, your speed, but you can tell your speed if you got a, a nice depth finder on there. And, and I use speed all the time to, to pattern the fish to know, okay, you know, the striper in the Chesapeake in the early season, they wanted about 2.8 miles per hour. As it warms up, I go faster, whatever. It's useful for that, but that's not why it's in there. The reason why it has a GPS is that it, it ultimately calculates your rem remaining range at whatever throttle setting you have it at. I love so, that about it. I absolutely love that. It's sort of like having a, uh, you know, a gas gauge and, and most electric, I mean, it's the only electric motor that I know that really um, very specifically down to the, you know, you can set it in terms of the remaining range in terms of hours and minutes or you can set it for distance, but it'll tell you to the tenth of a mile how you know how much more range you have left. And if you're say you know you have it at forty three percent of your remaining battery percentage, and you're going full speed, and it says, all right, you can go 
3.8 miles at that at that speed, and you're thinking, uh-uh, I need four. So you back off a hair, and you see that number on the throttle grow, and you say, cool, I can get in, you know, I can get in and, and uh, not be running out of power when I, you know, when I need it. So yeah, that, that, is, that is so useful. I mean, I, I look at that all the time. Yeah. Um, it is it's a very good tool <laughs> uh steven yamamoto says hello from washington uh zachariah cliff where is torquedo made torquedo motors are made in uh in germany uh the torquedo is based in starnberg germany and lake starnberg is where um where they were developed it was two german guys that worked for um, gardenia which is a they make like gardening tools um, that were, they were engineers that they're, they were boaters. They're going out on, on uh, Lake Starnberg where you couldn't use a, uh, a combustion engine by regulation. And they looked at what was available and, uh, and said, we can do better. And they made something better and other people saw them using it and saying, wow, you're really going fast. Uh, where'd you get that? Well, we made it. Could you make another? And it, it snowballed from there and became a company that, um, you know, it became Torquedo and Torquedo's actually been um, purchased. It was about a year and a half ago by a company called Deutz. Um, Deutz is a, a very old um, German diesel engine manufacturer. So think about why is a diesel company, uh, and, and they go back to the 1800s. I mean, they had you know, Heinrich Otto, inventor of the automobile, working for him. The Daimlers worked for him. Uh, the, the, you know, Diesel himself, who invented it, was one of the, you know, founders. Why is, is a, you know, what, what's going on there? And, and people looked into that. And I, I think once they bought Torquedo, uh, their stock went up like 30%. What's going on there? And I, I'll just, you know, uh, I'll, I'll cut it short and just explain that they are looking at our battery management technology and, and the patents we have and, and tapping into our engineering resources to, to turn, um, to convert diesel engines into cleaner, uh, cleaner energy technology. So that's, that's why, that's why we were purchased and, that's, uh, that's, and they're doing some cool stuff. So that's very cool. Yep. Uh, Robert Brown. Hello, everyone. They make great towing setups. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, Jameson, of course, uh, he had the travel motor and um, we had days where he towed several of us. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, they, I, and I've, I've said I've it, been I've towing my kids, kids on it for years where, you know, where I'd have the motor and I would I would grab one son on one side and, and clip the boga grip to the to the front grab loop of his kayak and get a fish grip on the other son and just say, all right, we're going. And we would go three wide, just scooting. And, and then we get close to where we were going. I'd unclip him. I say, go, go, go fish, go play, go splash, whatever we're doing. And then, you know, when when weather would come up or when it was time to get home, um, I'd, I'd chase him down and grab him and and clip onto the kayak and we're scooting back to the ramp quickly. So, <laughs> Yeah. And I tell you what, when that wind and just gets nasty and the end of the day, it's great. I mean, I, I've said it before. They, they will make you lazy. Um, but 
they are so so much fun. They are they're yep. such a, a great tool. Um, Alexander, love the weight on the Torquedo Helix motor drive, fifteen pounds total motor and battery. Yeah, it's the wilderness version. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, Corinder, I'm using StreamYard. People always ask me what software I'm using for for this. It is StreamYard. Um, John Dins, digital brushless motor plus to, I not really understand, plus to worn brushes or equals worn brushes, or it's a plus because it's no worn brush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he understands it though. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many different size blades do you have for styles of prop? So yeah. when you're, you're talking about the ultralight, there's one, there's one prop and they, they have, um, they have a guy that they, whenever they have a new product, uh, a, a propeller designer is a guy that actually works on, um, like submarine props and commercial ship props, and they they get him working on theirs uh, to really optimize it. Um, when you go to the um, the travel motor, there's a travel 1003, and then the new travel 1103, and they reworked the propeller for the 1103. Um, the 1103 is really cool uh, because it's it is a change in in the design from a um, from its its current status, which has a reduction gear, which makes a little bit of a little whine that you hear to a direct drive, the Travel 1103, uh, being a direct drive is, is silent. And uh, it's, you know, it's something that I think came about mostly because of the European market, people putting them on uh, on dinghies and, and sailboats up to a ton and a half, that three horsepower can push a, a sailboat up to a ton and a half people use them to get them out of the, the marina and then they, then they go sailing. Um, but I think the European, you know, uh, market just appreciated a quieter motor. Well, meanwhile, here in the U S they're like, I, I don't know what the problem is. It's, I don't, you know, <laughs> we're used to gas motors, so it's not noisy at all. Um, but we, uh, you know, we are working on something more powerful on the ultralight side, and uh, I've hinted at it, and I can't say anything, but you'll see something really cool at ICAST this year um, that that is more power for the for the kayak motor uh, market. And you, you don't need to look any further than the Travel 1103 to 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 make some assumptions and figure it out. I will definitely swing by there and probably do another broadcast from there at the show for people yep. who can't because it is an industry only show. Make sure you catch the uh, if if you can do the on the water thing. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. gonna have you gonna have some stuff on the water for broadcast this year? Yes, I know because that's on Tuesday, right? I don't know what day it is, but I know we signed up for it, and and I'm driving down uh, from Maryland with with this, you know, with that setup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get in until Tuesday night and I think that's on Tuesday morning. Uh, uh, um, there were some other questions here I saw. Oh, well, Scott likes my t-shirt from the Co pro kayak fishing. It's from the guys up in uh, central California. I appreciate it. They sent me that from one of their tournaments. Um, 
Joey had a question. How accurate is the range calculation? So it's based on the battery percentage, the watt draw, which it definitely knows that, and, and then ultimately the GPS. And what you're ultimately asking is, is the, is the GPS accurate? And uh, I've matched it to, to, um, to depth finders, like a lot of different depth finders over the years. And, and it, it usually, uh, it, it's within 0.1 mile per hour. And I don't know which is, you know, if it's off, if they're disagreeing, they, it's like for a second and then they and it adjusts. So I think it is accurate. Um, no, I think so. I mean, I've looked at my GPS, at least on the miles per hour uh, and the miles per hour on the Torquedo gauge. And, and I'll kind of, I'll show this in here in a second. So people can see exactly what we're talking about if they, if they haven't looked at them. Uh, but on the controller, you have all, all your, your numbers and, um, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, and Zachariah goes to show that great products can be made outside of the USA. So, and again, for anybody who is interested, um, Jeff was very kind to arrange that we are going to be giving away a $250 gift certificate good towards Torquedo through OEX kayak fishing supplies here in San Diego. So uh, we always, you know, wait 24 hours to draw the winner, but somebody will have that opportunity if they are interested in a torpedo in, in getting that prize. In, and we really appreciate that. Jeff, I want to go ahead and, and um, bring up the torpedo website and kind of look at the, uh, this is the ultralight and this yep. is the, this is the new motor mount that I'm. Uh, yeah, that's the new mount. Uh, the, the bolts to the same four bolt pattern it, you see on a lot of different kayaks. Um, we uh, actually yesterday at Jackson Kayak uh, put them on a couple of their boats they're working on and uh, they were scooting along. I think we had one that hit uh, 5.4 miles per hour. Uh, the fastest I've seen is a boat that hit 5.7. Um, but yeah, that mount is is something that you has a stow function where you can kind of pull the motor up and it tucks up into, into the framework of that aluminum bracket on the top. Uh, if you look at the, the hinge point on the, the side facing us of that bracket, there's, yep, that, um, that's a quick release, same as a, you know, front wheel on a, on a mountain bike. Um, so you can pop that whole thing off pretty quickly. Um, there's trim adjustments on the bottom of that, the four right different here. holes. Yep. That's it. And um, there's a reverse lock that you just can't see from that angle that basically if, you know, if you're scooting forward and the motor hits something, it'll swing up. But if you're in open water and you're say you're casting downwind and you want to just fight the wind just a little bit um, and keep your, you know, keep your, your boat, your kayak from drifting into the spot you're casting at, you can use that reverse. Um, the reverse lock is a cord that kind of comes through the, the center of that bracket and it connects right. to there's there's some kind of hinge in there with the, that locks onto that um, <clears throat> that uh, trim adjustment pin. And then up top, there's a, the motor lift. Um, what you need beyond that is, and, and this is what I've been doing in the industry is working with, with major um, kayak manufacturers to um, to basically make um, rudder kits without rudders. 
I know that sounds pretty simple, but it's you you need something to foot control steer it. And you know, I whenever you know whenever people said you know, I'd ask me, how do you source all those things? Like, well, you get a rudder kit and use everything except for the rudder uh, to to steer right. these things. So. I worked first with Wilderness Systems. They they released one. Um, I think late last year was it was finally out. Um, and then Bonafide is getting ready to release one. And then you know um, I've been working with Jackson here recently. Also, uh, Selec Design. Um, Ryan Hannigan up up uh, up in Washington. He's working on. He already has all that that equipment, and that's. Some of the some of his stuff is what I've used to to motorize everything from a Sea Eagle uh, stand up inflatable stand up paddleboard to a new canoe to to I've I put foot control steering on a Hobie Pro Angler. Um, I've motorized a lot of different boats um, using Selec design parts. So yeah, they make nice stuff. Yep, we actually so, sourced their. Um, there's a it doesn't show it there, but there's a, um, for the, the motor lift, when you lift it up and you come shallow, uh, we use their, it's their clam cleat junior, uh, that, that fits, you know, he gave us some, um, we, we sourced that from, from Ryan and it's a track mounted, um, cleat. So. So it, you know, scroll down here a little bit. Um, you have the ultralight 403, the 403C, the 403A, yep. and the C. Let's, let's, do, let's do the Torquedo alphabet. Um, <laughs> the 403 is is just the um, the it's the ultralight, but it's with the old style. Uh, it's the old style ball mount, which was which worked on a lot of different kayaks, um, but it was, it, it took some doing, like it was a little bit of a, a daunting uh, install if you hadn't done it yourself. Um, and and honestly, the, the kayak shops that did well with Torquedo before the new mount uh, were ones that understood how to how to set that up and, and the geometry of how to get it centered and on the, uh, the foot control steering. Um, but, you know, this, when they came up with this, they were actually um, thinking that it would be the touring kayak market that would, that would grab a hold of this. But um, it, it really, it was kayak fishing that, that, uh, that this particular product has grown with. And uh, that really was designed with the touring kayak in mind. Um, so after nine years, we said, all right, it's, we, we got to do an update and really make it as easy as possible to install on uh on today's fishing kayaks so um so the 403 if it doesn't have the a on it it's it's the ball style mount the a designates the the new a mount or, or angler mount okay uh, if it has c uh like the 403c or the 403ac c stands for capacity as in the higher capacity battery so that's the one you're getting with the the 915 watt hour battery so the 403 and the 403A come with a 320 watt hour battery and the 403C and the 403AC come with a 915 watt hour battery. And there's a, a bit of a, a price differential there for sure. Um, yeah, it's 500 bucks. And, and basically you're, you're, um, you're buying more lithium cells. 
You know, every everything's the same between the 403A and 403AC, um, except for you know you're you're buying more lithium cells in in the same size. That battery box is the same uh, with the 320 or the 915. Do these have a connector um, that you could use like for charging a phone or anything like that? Um, That's about the extent of it. It actually comes with a little USB that um, a USB plug that screws into the uh, where you charge it. Uh, people all the time want to know, hey, can I can I, uh, you know, can I run my depth finder off of it? No, it's it's its own kind of weird, unique twenty nine point six volt system. Um, you know, I, I think it probably there's someone out there that'll figure out how to convert it to 12 volts to run stuff. But um, but right now it's its own unique thing. But yeah, I have used it um, to re to to charge the phone. Um, but I think it's like a little five amp fuse in there, and it's it, you're not going to get you know bigger pieces of electronic equipment uh, running off of it. So I'm gonna pop that up so people have a better look at what that throttle looks like. And you can kind of see since I've so you see the here. four numbers. The top number is the remaining battery percentage. The next one down is your uh, that 11.3 in this example is uh, your your remaining range. So um, whoever's using that at uh, 273 watts, which is the bottom number, and going 4.5 miles per hour can maintain that 4.5 miles per hour for another 11.3 miles. Um, the the 273, you know that that in theory should go up to 400 because it's a 400 watt motor, um, as opposed to the the travel motor is a either a thousand or 1100 watt motor. So there's more peak output with that three horsepower, uh, but you're also using up more of that that energy quicker um at, at peak output so right. it's uh, the the analogy i like is it's sort of like uh going from a you know two barrel carburetor to a four barrel it's gonna <laughs> suck down more gas so and this little orange thing don't leave that at home yeah that is your uh that That's is your, your kill, kill switch, switch. The kill switch or the, the magnet. If you lose one of these, in fact, I did a I did a video that I put over on uh, the Torquedo Ultralight Owners Group um, about a month ago, saying, "Hey, here here are some spare parts you may want to to hold on to, like spare prop and shear pins, and and that little magnetic key was one of them. Uh, I've lost one by leaving the throttle on the on the uh, truck and and car topping it and going and and uh, the wind just caught the little tag on it. And I got there. I'm like, uh oh, if that happens to you and you don't have a spare, you can go to the hardware store and buy a little little round magnet and stick it on there and it'll run. <laughs> there you go. Good to know. Uh, we actually um, left a magnet on one boat and moved the motor to another boat and then got to the location. And because the magnet was attached to the boat. Right. And so we were we were out of business that that morning anyway. <laughs> that happens. Yep. Uh, we got a couple more questions in here. Um, John 
let me uh, drop that down for the yep. moment. Um, John can asked, can you purchase the, the new mount separately? Yes, you can. Uh, it's it's $249, and you can put your old pylon from the 438 into that mount. Here's my cautionary word on this, though. When I worked to, to develop this mount, I tested it on lots of different boats. Um, you know, they, they, they set prototypes and I slapped it on a Bonafide SS-127 and a Wildy Attack 140 and a, and a Jackson uh, Kusa HD. I mean, I, I put it on all these different boats to see if there was any, any problems. Um, and the problems as they were uh, with the new mount and the old length pylon um, was that some of the boats were taller in the stern, like a SS120, a bona fide SS127. Um, the Hobie Pro Angler, when you put the you put that uh, power pole adapter plate on there, it just it brings it up a little bit more. And what that does is it lifts the the propeller up high enough that you're you're cavitating, or is actually the word is ventilation. But if, if I say ventilation, people think about opening the window in the bathroom, <laughs> not not air behind your prop but you know what i'm saying it doesn't get the propeller deep enough so that's why when we um when we release the 403a the that pipe that comes out of the top of the black football is is actually four centimeters longer or 10 centimeters longer which is about four inches longer uh so you can get it deep enough so if you have a it, there's three boats i know that it that it was problematic with uh, the Hobie Pro Angler, the Bonafide SS-127, and then the Jackson Big Rig was another one. Um, Richard Penny actually tested that one for me, and he said that he he got a little bit of cavitation in, in one of the trim adjustments. I said, no, it, that's where I you know went back to the engineers. I'm like, we need a longer pipe. So, so just out of curiosity, uh, how how far below the water should that thing be? Um, <clears throat> Is there a rule it's, of thumb? It, it, there's not a rule of thumb, but I know somewhere in my um, in my research notes that that I have a very specific measurement. But it's 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 about like that. I don't know what is so that. The top, the top of it, the top the of the, the propeller, the top? the top of the propeller here in the in the water line there. So okay. I don't know. Is that three and three quarter approaching <laughs> four inches? You know. One thing is interesting, though. I, I tested the 1103 pylon on the uh, on different kayaks, and uh, that propeller is a little bit different. It's a little, the blade is a little bit less uh, concave, and uh, I can get that one much closer, um, which which means that you can keep the motor shallower. So it's an interesting difference in propeller design. Uh, Gary asked, which one is the direct drive style? The 1103, the travel 1103. Uh, yeah, find the, the, the travel motor on there, uh, which is a three horsepower. Yep. So maybe right there. A happy German on his boat. And you have him using the travel motor there. And then you have. The 503, which is a 500 watt, the 1003, which is a thousand watt, uh, 1003C has the, the big battery, and then you go to the 1103C, that is the direct drive. I've put that one on, um, 
Well, that's that's the one I put on the um, the Live Water Sports uh, board. They got six point eight miles per hour. Um, I put them on a new canoe um, pursuit, and it scoots along at six point something. I can't remember. Um, Jameson had the ten o three on his Blue Sky Boat Works Angler. Uh, um, 360 that I think hit 6.4 miles per hour and we've also worked with trade innovative sportsmen to to be able to put the ultralight um, centered on that now you did the two on either side where I mounted it was in the in the center where that um, just replacing the rudder right um, now if, was that something uh, one of the guys was doing because you were you guys had developed some linkage for the blue sky to attach directly to the motor yeah, um, the, the Angler 360, well, I think initially um, Jameson had just played around with the, the transom mount and put, put the uh, the travel motor on it, and he was happy with that. But I, I looked at it at one of the shows. I'm like, you know, the, the stick steer on the seat is pretty cool. We, we should do something to preserve that um, as opposed to constantly – you know, tilting back with your arm straight back, right. steering it. Um, and, and I worked with Trey uh, at Innovative Sportsman, and he came out with a, um, a mounting bracket for that, the frame of the, the Angler 360. He came up with a linkage for the existing, uh, you know, basically stick steer cable to connect with that. I think he used a, he said it was actually like a throttle linkage to for a jet ski. He's pretty creative in finding, you know, mm. parts that you wouldn't, you know, in other other applications that he's worked with before. Uh, and then, you know, we found a way to get the Yak Attack uh, throttle mount on the seat. So as you're sitting on it, you have your your throttle, you know, right here, and then you have the stick steer on right. your that, side. And that, again, that's how I that's how I have mine. They have their lock and load system. Yep. And the side of that seat has gear track on it and they've made the throttle mount for the Torquedo. And it is, I, of course I have the dual controls right. and I, I tied the two controllers together with some aluminum, you know, that I can yep. flip up and separate <laughs> them. It's, it, it's like, it's just super, super fun. Cool. Uh, just, just joined in. Thanks for joining us. Um, Gary actually had another question. Does it have fuses, visible link or relay to reset? Uh, the fuses are, are all inside the battery, and I know that the fuses are are there really to um, to have multiple layers of um, of safety. Um, if anyone knows anything about lithium batteries, they have a, a, a bad history of, of blowing up and burning, and they're hard to put out. And Torquedo, knowing that, went into this saying, we have to have the safest, you know, set up out there and and we have and, and it comes down to pyrofuses ones that detect heat one is that detects a a disbalance like where where this bank of of um, lithium cells has more power than the ones next to it and it and it detects that and, and shuts it down for safety reasons so um yeah you'll you get know. error codes as well on your controller i know yep. if you have the motor up it won't let you engage it. That's another safety feature that yeah. with the idea, if you flip your kayak, you don't in, in say, I mean, you have the safety feature of the kill switch and the magnet, but if you say stick it on there and don't have it attached to your PFD, 
they didn't want after you flip the kayak it running over you and, and hitting you with the blades. So they there's a tilt sensor where as the as it rotates up to a certain angle, it it shuts it off just as a safety measure. So yeah, I've actually had it up and like, why isn't this thing working? And, <laughs> and then they, they were real. Poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, and this will lead up to uh, another thing. Uh, trim is also important to getting the best performance out of the motor system. And you have an article here yep. that talks about, and I will bring that back up again. And this was um, for Kayak Angler Magazine. And yep. um, so, so look at look at the um look at that boat right there that i'm sitting in this was during a photo shoot in, in germany the length of the boat from the rear of the seat pan where i'm sitting to the stern i i keep track of that distance divided by the total length of the boat and the thing that i'm finding out is that is the boats that have a lot of the length of the boat behind you perform better than those that that have you know your seat closer to the stern and what that means in terms of it you know how the boat rides at speed you know if you have a lot of weight in the stern the bow pushes up and it and it pushes inefficiently whereas if you have the angler weight closer to the front it pushes the the, the bow down and it rides flat and it rides efficiently um, you know, if, if you, Jim, go ahead and scroll down. And I actually have some of the numbers in that, uh, in that, and I don't name them, you know, by brand and model, um, but you can, you can get the idea of that seat ratio, that top number of 0.45, that means 45% of the length of the boat is behind the, the seat pan. Uh, whereas you have, you know, a, one down near the bottom was at 38%. Some of them are 36 aren't as, as uh, they don't perform as well. That's not the only thing. The other factors that, that make for an efficient um, propulsion uh, hull is length. The longer boats tend to, to just have really nice glide uh, and overall weight. Uh, lighter boats, you know, scoot along um, a little bit easier. So. Right. And th this, this article is packed with information about that. And then that's why, again, when, when we designed the, uh, the Kraken, um, for paddle ability, it comes into play. And of course, with the motor pushing it, yep. you know, having an adjustable seat that where you can adjust the trim of the boat based on the load you're carrying your own weight. You know, if you've got a fish bag up front, if you've got a live bait tank in the back or whatever it is, um, most of Jackson kayaks do have uh, adjustable trim on their seats. And I'll tell you what, even on that blue sky, the seat itself is on a slide and it's noticeable just watching that water come off the bow, you know, right. whether you're pushing water or whether you get that back end up a little bit and that, get that bow down a little bit, how much more efficient that boat is. And the nice thing is, is you can look right on your GPS, adjust your seat and go, and never touch the throttle, just adjust your seat and go, oh, okay. You, you can, it, it's, it's. So I did, a, I did an install video with, uh, with Matt Ball and we, we did an install on a Jackson Liska. In fact, that, that was actually the picture you just scooted past. We went out and, and tested it and he, he went out and caught that six pound <laughs> largemouth <laughs> in West Virginia, like right, you know, right at the end of the day. 
uh, we most of the day we were rigging, but as we were scooting to that spot, um, Matt was was sliding the seat back, and he was getting like I forget what it was like five point one miles per hour, and then he would all at once shove the weight forward, and and the nose would drop down, and he's like I'm getting five four now. So, and it was, I don't know how far that, that seat slides. I don't think it's any more than like 14 inches. Um, but for 14 inches of, of weight redistribution forward, you get 0.3 miles per hour. That's pretty significant. Um, and, and I think it speaks to the need in, in the industry to, to build boats with seating that is more forward. Um, you can move that seat forward, but you also need the corresponding front of the the footwell to also move forward. Uh, and, right. and that's a lot that. of what what that article was about was a plea to hey let's um, let's move our seating forward because to be honest most of us put all of our, our gear weight or, or much of our gear weight behind us, which you know even if you even if you have it empty and it's it's trimmed out like this and then you put or you know, you put a power pole on the back, and then you put your black pack with sixty pounds of gear, and you, you get what I'm saying. It's right. No, I said. I mean, I notice it on that seat on the blue sky. I mean, if I just adjust it just a few inches, I mean, like this much, I will notice how that bow yep. will come up or down. And then, and I mean, that's why you have trim tabs on boats and and yep. adjust the trim on your motor just to help you with all of those things. But in a kayak, right. it's more a matter of adjusting your load which is the load is you for the most part um we're going to take a couple more questions actually we're already at an hour <laughs> i told you these things fly by yeah. um how many kayaks have roughly have i tried it on oh um i i, I tallied them at some point and i can't it, you know it, it's over 30 i don't know <laughs> a lot there's a lot of boats but well, but i will tell you I, those are the installs that i've done i i didn't really keep track of for instance i i had one on a uh wilderness systems um tarpon 160 and that thing flew but i have no idea how fast it went I, it kills me that i don't know but um, right I, I didn't start keeping track of of watt draw at each mile per hour and top speed until i started working for torpedo in Really, I, I did want to figure out what is the most optimal hull. And uh, as an industry, we're not there yet. And John asks, do you see kayak manufacturers designing hulls for motor systems like Torquedo? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've had these discussions. Here's 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 what's cool about um, having a GPS unit in a motor is that it, it at least for... Um, for designing the most efficient hull, it is an objective measure. I can tell that this boat goes 5.4 miles per hour. This boat goes 5.7. This one goes 5.5. Um, you know, when I when I pro staffed and, and worked in you know product development with uh, with Wilderness Systems, like I I was part of the, the team that made the uh, attack 120 and 140 and the um, the tarpon 130x and and then the the radar let's use the radar as an example it was designed as a, a pedal drive kayak but before that even before they even let me play with the, the pedal drive they were like jeff we want to know that it paddles well and 
the only thing I had to give them was a very subjective response of, yeah, you know, I took it out on the Chesapeake, I took it up on the river, I took it to the Saddle Potomac, and yeah, it paddled well. Well, there's no numbers on that. There's there's just a subjective feel. Whereas with the Torquedo, 5.6, 5.4, whatever it is. So that that tells you very specifically, hey, you're getting better or you're getting worse in, in efficient, you know, efficient propulsion. And whatever gains, this is something I do want to drive home, and I, and I talk about it in that article, whatever gains you're getting in efficient uh, propulsion with the motor, you're also going to see an improvement in how it paddles and how it pedals because we're not planning boats with these, these motors. They're working in the displacement range of speeds, and if it works better with the Torquedo, going to work better with a paddle or or whatever pedal drive system you have exactly exactly uh looks like there's uh this is the last question is there a hard number comparison for the 403 versus the bixby in terms of torque battery capacity top speed longevity etc so i have done a lot of videography over the years i uh, did a lot on <laughs> on uh, kayak bass fishing going back 10 years or so. And I, and I have my own YouTube channel and, and most of it's very positive. Uh, but I have more negative comments on my Torquedo versus Bixby um, uh, video. And the reason I did that video is because someone had claimed that you were getting six point whatever with her Bixby. I said, no, you're not. I, I, I know without even testing it, but I tested it and I, and I do have a, um, a comparison video up on on my YouTube channel. It's uh, called "The Little Stuff." Uh, is is the name of my YouTube channel? But you can check it out. And and what I do is I show your top speed with the Bixby, your top speed with you know on the same boat with um, with the Torquedo, and then the the range at each speed um, at each each setting uh, that the Bixby has. Um, yeah, the Torquedo is a better motor than than the Bixby. But that being said, the Bixby is a good motor because it is a brushless motor. It is a better option than a Minn Kota. It is going to get you more um, more range. I don't know about the speed, but when they're brand new. But I would surmise that you know, if you have a Bixby that's three years old and been used for three years, it's going to be faster than a Minn Kota that's been used for three years. So. Bixby's a good motor. Uh, it's just not quite on the same level as, um, you know, as Torquedo. And and it has a lower price point, you know, to, to match. So it's it's a matter of what, um, <clears throat> you know, how vested you are and in, in what level of performance you're, you're willing to pay for. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So, all you know, we brought up the site. It is Torquedo.com. And you said you have your YouTube channel, The Little Stuff. Yep. The other way that people want to see this stuff. What's yeah, there's, I, I do a lot of videography with uh, with Team Torquedo Anglers. Uh, recently, I did a whole offshore kayak fishing uh, set of videos uh, with Matthew Van down in um, in Pensacola. Uh, I think we had ten different videos. I still have to put up a few of them. I think we got nine of them up. Um, Amanda Brannon and and uh, and Matthew and I get, went out and uh, Seth Dalton was another one that joined us and we did some offshore stuff. Um, you know, 
Torquedo kayak fishing on, on Facebook is where we put a lot of information in terms of um, <clears throat> new mounts, um, you know, different, different install videos that we've done, any, anything that they need that folks that are interested in Torquedo ultralights in particular, um, they're going to find it Torquedo kayak fishing. There's also an owners group uh, called Torquedo Ultralight Owners, and I actually have a library of um, of install videos that I've I've kept up over the years on there. So, if someone says, "Hey, I have you know such and such a model, um, and I want to do the install, what do I need?" Um, most likely, there's an install video for for whatever you have. No, that's going to be super helpful. So, so well, I got two more questions. <laughs> John says, uh, see you at the Paddle Sports Retailer. Uh, are you going to be at Paddle Sports Retailer? Uh, we'll be at, at, at uh, Paddle Sports Retailer. We'll be at, at ICAST. Um, beyond doing everything I do with, uh, <clears throat> you know, with the ultralight motors, I also do all our trade shows for Torquedo. Awesome. Jeff, I'm going to let you go, man, because like I said, I know you've got, you're going to be at a, um, doing the demo day. Where's that demo day again tomorrow? It's uh, Appomattox River Company in Farmville, Virginia. Uh, Wilkes Lake is actually where they hold it. And I will have a uh, bona fide SS-127 with uh, ultralight on there and uh, invite anyone to come out and uh, take it for a spin. I got, you know, a couple spare batteries. So we're going we're gonna to tear it up. Uh, very cool, man. Well, I can't thank you enough, man. That's been a lot of fun and, and very, very informative. And, and thanks for the uh, donation of that gift certificate. Yep. And again, for people who are watching, we'll be selecting that. We give people a chance to uh, watch this later and we'll be choosing that tomorrow. But uh, good luck at the uh, demo day tomorrow. And I will see you at iCast. Awesome. All right. Thanks take care, buddy. See you, man. Well, man, that was a great show. Thanks, everybody who joined us. And thanks again. My dog wants out of the room. Uh, thanks, everybody who joined us. And thanks, Jeff, for, for joining us. Um, like I said we ran a little bit uh, over today, but it was just so much information. Um, you know, our shows, again, are brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company, and we thank them for their support. And uh, if you guys are going out on the water this weekend, please wear your PFD. Make sure you're seen and keep your paddle right side up you all take care